Welcome to the Ad Astra podcast. In this episode, we are talking with researcher Alexandre Tour. Alexandre is a curator at the, the Bibliothèque Nationale de France in the Department of Manuscripts, a very lucky position, and we must say. <laughs> um, he has well, recently, in 2018, um, completed his PhD research on the astrology of the 15th century, the astrological practices of the 15th century. And his thesis is entitled Ora introito sole in arietem, les prédictions astrologiques annuelles latines dans l'Europe du 15e siècle, 1405-1484. So a research, a very interesting research, uh, I must say, on these, all these predictive techniques and all this um, prediction of political events, of weather events, and all of this surrounding the revolutions of the year. Um, so how did you decide to, uh, well, welcome, welcome first, of, first all. of all. <laughs> Thank you for we accepting so our invitation. Yes. <laughs> and how, how did you reach this uh, particular topic of, of research? What was your, your approach to it? I'm curious. Um, well, it's complicated. It, it, I didn't came. Uh, it didn't come at once. Uh, but uh, uh, actually, at the beginning, I was uh, looking for a topic on uh, which would uh, come in everyday life of the, the people in the end of the Middle Ages or, or the beginning of the of the modern era and which uh, astrological predictions are not. Uh, but after talking with Professor Jean-Patrice Boudet, uh, he convinced me that uh, there was lots of material uh, on, on the subject and uh, there wasn't an, an historiographical lack in on, uh, studying uh, this particular type of predictions as a genre, as a, a literary and astrological genre. And uh, so I, I worked on it and uh, in the end, uh, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and uh, you worked um, mainly with manuscripts and manuscript traditions or you also dealt with some publications? Because in your time frame, you, you will find both, I uh, think, the beginning yeah. of the press and also the manuscript tradition. Um, the, the, the switch between manuscript and uh, print uh, is uh, something very important, uh, in my opinion, for this, uh, this type of, uh, of production, because it changes uh, what prognostications, what early predictions are uh, in, in the core. Not just uh, when with the technique, but what comes next. Uh, I mean, when... Uh, editors come in play and say, okay, uh, we want to, to sell these predictions. And that's not exactly what astrologers wanted for annual predictions. So I, I, must, I, I first worked with manuscripts uh, and I made a quite exhaustive survey, well, as exhaustive as, as I could. 
uh, of manuscripts and I didn't go that far with the printed materials because they were very much, even in the short period uh, I'm working on uh, the, the first printer, uh, printed annual prediction we preserve is uh, 1470s or 1471. Uh, but between 1471 and 1488, uh, which is uh, the publication of Berger's, uh prediction, which changes lots of things, uh, there are uh, already uh, as many prints as there are uh, manuscripts between 1405 and 1484. So I tried to work on the on the numbers, on the on statisticals, and I studied a few printed uh, prognostications. But I focused uh, first on manuscripts. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, all of them uh, from the Bibliothèque Nationale de France, or were you also comparing them with other? No, I, I tried to have uh, an extensive study on uh, all the material available in uh, European public libraries. So I probably missed a few. Uh, there are a few I couldn't uh, see, so I know they exist, but uh, I couldn't analyze them much. But uh, uh, yes, I, I'm. I try to work uh, with all the material available, mm -hmm. if I when I could. <laughs> well, it's a very very ambitious uh, project. I, I saw parts of your material, and one thing that I am dying to ask you uh, is uh, because when we exchanged emails, we uh, you raised a few uh, interesting historiographical questions, and one of them is why was this material so carefully preserved? Uh, yeah because they were by nature uh, transitory, so to say. And also uh, because my, my PhD is not the same as yours, but it's kind of close to yours. And uh, one of the manuscripts I, I um, studied is on the Bibliothèque Nationale de France and the other in Portugal, and they are both of the same author. And also in this manuscript, late, mid, late, late 15th century, he includes some predictions, some some other predictions from the uh, 13th century. So why were they preserving, in your opinion, why were they preserving all this transitory, apparently they are transitory uh, reports? I, I think, well, I found out that it's very rare we are preserving the originals in the sense that uh, predictions that were sent, uh, that were actually sent from an astrologer to a prince, for instance, are very rarely preserved. Uh, we are preserving copies, yes. and mostly, uh, not mostly, but very often, there are collectors where were responsible for copying them, and uh, or just collecting them. And obviously, that changes uh, the way we can analyze them because uh, there's. It's very difficult to say that what we are preserving is representative of what was produced. Mm -hmm. We have some some particularities that uh, in the preservation, for instance, uh, I don't know the the Londoner astrologer Richard Ruician that uh, Sophie Page studied uh, is a very particular case because he he wrote a lot of uh, annual predictions for himself, and we preserve his workbook. 
so it's very different than preserving copies that a collector, often humanist collectors, decided, oh, uh, I like this, this prediction, yeah. and I like this one, but this one, oh, it's too small, so I, I won't copy it, and, and so on. Mm. But, uh, of course, even with collectors, we can show, we can see that different collectors have different priorities, and, yeah. but it, it's, uh, it's something we need to, to be careful about, that... Mm -hmm. We don't preserve the, the something that is representative of the production. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, when I say uh, preserving is like uh, copying. <laughs> it's yeah. a way of preserving not the, the, the original itself, but the information, mm -hmm. the, preserving the information. And the, the other thing that I noticed, especially in the, the, the manuscript I've studied, is the, the not only the, the care that was put in mentioning the sources, for the doctrine, but also the sources, because he had a collection of horoscopes, also the sources for the horoscopes. So sometimes he says, this comes from Conrad and Garder, or mm -hmm. comes from the, um, um, I, I forgot the, the name, but the, this man who was the treasurer of the king, or so we can see how the astrological information would circulate in not okay. only in the court, in the circles, inner circles, but also in, I would call the outer circles and they would circulate. Mm -hmm. So this is also another mm -hmm. thing that the manuscripts can can tell us. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you noticed this in, in, the, um, in the study that you have, because you're studying the in, in ingress of the sun. So I don't know what... Uh... It's, well, the... the... The annual predictions are, are working as a coherent uh, type of uh, of writing, of astrological writing. But there, are, there is also in the in the fifteenth century a degree of freedom for the astrologers, and some astrologers uh, talk very much about the context in, in which they were writing, uh, mostly in prologues and sometimes in dedications because it was often given to a prince or uh, an ecclesiastics. And other uh, don't speak at all and well they don't want to, to the context to to have an influence of, over their prediction. So sometimes you have uh, interesting uh, elements of context and some sometimes you don't have anything and if you don't have the, the author's name it's not uh, easy to know why it was written when or where uh, when yes when you you normally have the, the year okay. but if the year is written out or if you have just a, a part it's not always that easy. Uh, the uh, these predictions um i know they were uh meteorological first of all and then they were also uh, regarding food and political events. So, um, can you tell from an author to the other if the emphasis is more on the weather or the emphasis is more in political events or in any other thing, just from author one to the other? Yes, that, that's... Uh, there, are, uh, there are different focus depending on the astrologers and they are... Uh, different things they are prepared to, to do, uh, depending on uh, uh, whether in their production concept they think that the, the prediction will be accepted or not. Uh, it's 
predicting weather and even uh, agriculture, uh, food, uh, food or uh, diseases, uh, it's quite uh, okay at the time because it's uh, universal and it doesn't go f uh, against uh, religion. Uh, it's mm -hmm. widely accepted. When you begin to, to speak about princes and political events, you must be m much more careful uh, because when you do, uh, when you're getting uh, personal, uh, you can have some difficulties, for, some theoretical difficulties to make the astrology uh, accepted. And uh, you can also have difficulties with the prince uh, if he isn't uh, satisfied with what you say. So yes. you have to make sure you're, you're, pro you're protected enough uh, in a political sense. Mm -hmm. Yes, that that would be also my question. How many, uh, how much of these predictions were conditioned by the need of pleasing the patron? Could be mm -hmm. a prince or a duke or well, the patron. So uh, when it's weather, it's well more or less harmless. But when it, when it comes to political to political events, how many of these predictions were? I would say adjusted to avoid problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you you have two. There's two things you can see in, in the predictions. Uh, either there's a, a patron, a specific patron, and the the predictions is written for him. Uh, so, in that case, he often has a, a special treatment uh, between all the princes. That there's a prediction for major cities and princes in Europe or, or in Italy, if it's an Italian prediction, for instance. And you see the, the, the client uh, uh, is better treated and you know, nothing wrong will, will happen to him or he will, uh, he will vanquish uh, anything wrong sent at him. Uh, another, another type of predictions is uh, predictions that I suppose were sent to several princes, uh, and we can often see that uh, astrologers stay prudent, and um, they don't. They try not to enter too much in uh, political uh, in, in political events or uh, interpretation. Mm -hmm. uh, they stay very close to what they can uh, what they can relate to uh, their astronomical. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, horoscopes. Mm -hmm. that, that's a, a thing we can we can see. Uh, in that case, actually, we, we wonder what the prince could uh, could deduce from the prediction because there's nothing much not not much to to do with that. It's, mm -hmm. But it's not uh, a prediction that is made for the, the personal use of one prince. It's more a sort of advertisement for what the astrologer could do and then the interested prince uh, is invited to to have a meeting with the with the astrologer to mm -hmm. and to have um, his own predictions which will be adapted to his own uh, uh, astrological features and um, and with it will be uh, something that is sold uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion to the astrologer while the, the annual predictions i think is often freely given or uh, at least very cheap, just to show what the astrologer can do. 
it's like a free sample. A free sample. Of exactly, <laughs> that was a sample of, of the work. Yes. And, then, and then if the prince or the duke or the patron mm -hmm. was interested, then he would uh, somehow contract the uh, pay the the, the mm -hmm. soldier for more specific. Mm -hmm. That is that is a very interesting yes, yes. yes, and gives it a very good idea of the the way it works, the patronage. Yes, yes. yes. What, what the stimulus for patronage yes. is obtained. Yes, and I was I was wondering also, did you find significant differences in in methodologies or forms of presentation from? kingdom to kingdom or from from region to region or do you think there's a more or less homogeneous way of treating the subject at this time it's there's something special with italy uh probably because there's much more astrology made there at the time and uh, often italian predictions are about italy and not that much about the rest of europe mm -hmm. uh, but we also see that Lots of astrologers are traveling and uh, lots are coming even from Poland to Italy, then to Spain and France. And uh, that makes things quite homogeneous in the way they, they write their predictions. They circulated. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another question that you raised when we were exchanging emails, and it's also a very, very interesting question. What makes these predictions scientific? what is the quality and if also returning repeating your question um were they perceived as scientific by the public by the patrons by all the other society i would yes. love to hear what you have to say <laughs> that's a very interesting question that was raised during my research because uh you, you would think that maybe the, the astrologers would uh, would be the one arranging themselves with uh, with <laughs> with their data to to make the predictions they like and they know would uh, would adapt to the context. And in fact, I think the astrologers, and mostly in universities, are the ones that that, uh, that are more. Uh, they believe in the in the astrology doctrine, and they want to stay uh, with the authorities. Uh, they don't want to to leave much to their their own interpretation. Uh, what they do is follow Al uh, Masar, Meshalan, and so on. Uh, so in their in their mind, the, their predictions are very uh, scientific. And to prove that, they uh, they quote the authorities, uh, they, they name the authorities, and say sometimes they quote it uh, directly. Uh, on the other hand, the the public, including the client, uh, use astrology for diverse uses, and they princes, for instance, don't always apply the predictions uh, to what they to their political decisions. Uh, in well, it depends. Uh, some princes use uh, astrology, but it seems that a lot of them uh, are using astrology as a sort of uh, um, of display of uh, uh, how learned they are. So th they foster uh, astrological studies and they read the predictions and they, they make sure that uh, uh, 
their own predictions are transmitted or copied to, to in the in their court. But in fact, it's not to use the, the astrological advice. Uh, it's much a, a sort of show. And even we, we it seems that uh, in some case that attitude towards astrology um, goes down from the prince to uh, um, uh, city uh, elites and uh, who also uh, like to cite uh, predictions just to, to show their readers that they know uh, of them, but uh, not really to apply the, the, the advices. It's more like propaganda like uh, an instrument for political propaganda? It's a sort of uh, propaganda, but not, not always political. Um, there's a case, um, uh, Monica Azzolini worked on uh, Milan court and how the Sforza used um, predictions and uh, controlled the, the diffusion of, of annual predictions, uh, specialist predictions they think were uh, not in their favor. Uh, so we, that's a uh, uh, very interesting case because we we still have uh, sources that were uh, that were confiscated by the by the Sforza. So we still have the, the predictions that circulated. That, in to my knowledge, is a, a very rare case. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, that's very political. They, they didn't want anything to anyone to think that something wrong, so that something bad could happen to them in the year because uh, according to monica zolini that would uh, that would encourage their opponents to act against them mm -hmm. uh, because well if it's going to happen let's make it happen yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but uh, we also see uh, a sort of um, yes cultural display uh, of astrology uh, not to justify their political actions, but just to to show that they are cultivated, that they are they're cultivated, so they they foster astrology. And mm -hmm. yeah. yes, yes, the, 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 to show that they are um, acquainted with this knowledge that is um, mm -hmm. by then it was very prestigious mm -hmm. in a way because. Yes only physicians and mathematics and people with knowledge would would uh, would uh, be uh, acquainted and also separated from uh, what they would call divination or superstition mm -hmm. so that they would put astrology educated astrology uh, in another level and then other mm -hmm. other forms mm -hmm. of divination mm -hmm. uh, in in a different in a nice. different level yes yeah. uh, you know, i know i was not thinking as i was hearing you speak the, for the, the case of Portugal specifically, uh, we don't have, as far as I know, this kind of prediction, uh, at least preserved mm. from, from the 15th century. We have it a bit from the 16th, 17th, certainly, but then we have printing, printed um, papers by then, so it's easier to, 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 at least to okay. preserve and circulate, but we have very little, if any, this kind of what we have in the 16th yeah. century, we had a king uh, who was very young, he was like 24, and he decided to go to Morocco, present-day Morocco, to fight King Sebastian. King Sebastian. Yeah. And he disappeared because 
because he, he was outnumbered and he just disappeared. And he, he was not a fighter, he was a kid, and he, he just disappeared. Not a very good, not a very good <laughs> Yeah, so and uh, he had no, no, no children, and he was the last of his dynasty. Well, it was really complicated, but so uh, when he disappeared, the, the problem is that the, the Spanish king who was related to the Portuguese kings would legally take the throne mm -hmm. of Portugal because he was because of all the intermarriages he was the legal uh, yeah. king for, of Portugal the next king so uh, because people didn't want this to happen uh, they would go to their uh, to his horoscope to Sebastian's horoscope and would predict his life uh, span mm -hmm. so instead of dying at 24 he would live I think to 48 or to At 50. Least, yeah. So we would return. And this became kind of a messianic culture. culture. Mm -hmm. And um, there were signs and every time something happened, they would say that the king will return. He didn't, not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and we are still waiting. And, uh, and uh, we had uh, the Spanish kings for uh, 80 years. Yes. And then we had That's what true. we call the restoration. And again, when a new Portuguese king expelled the Spanish kings and assumed the, the throne of Portugal, they used astrology again to make it to promote uh, and to, promote and to it. legitimize uh, the shift in power. Yes, but this is all uh, 16th, is so 16th century, uh, 17th and, 17th century. and then you can see observe a lot of activity. The, for, the, 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 the 15th century, for some reason, doesn't have a lot of um, records. Probably it, we would su suspect that these kind of predictions would circulate at least uh, with the kings and, and the high nobility, but so far in the documentation, we have there's few, no uh, In my MA, I studied uh, whatever we have in Portugal, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a few in the 14th century, yes, and then really not much in the 15th century but not documents you have chronicle reports oh yes right? just chronicles mm -hmm. not not documents it's yes. which which leads me to think um for taking the case of portugal as an example was it because these things didn't existed so much or would they have a specific uh a very more private interchange from the club patron to to the astrologer perhaps so it didn't wasn't preserved or at least wasn't copied as much as in France and Italy and other places. I don't know if you did you found any other uh, countries or regions where you don't see this the activity so much. Uh, yes, yeah. it, it's an equal. Uh, um, I didn't find any uh, annual predictions in, in Portugal, but uh, uh, at least preserved in, in what I could find. Uh, it's not the only case. In fact, there's not much in Spain either. Uh, the, we know there are activities. So we know some astrologers uh, who wrote annual predictions when there, mm -hmm. in Salamanca, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't preserve any any predictions. That might be because uh, it, it didn't find collectors to, to, to copy them. Mm -hmm. uh, even in France, actually, we don't have much in France, we, we have the suspicion that maybe the, the milieu in Paris wasn't that uh, 
wasn't very uh, astrology friendly, yes, uh, at the time. Uh, it, it was in the 14th century, maybe not so much in the 15th. Although we, we also have uh, traces of uh, astrological practice with people like uh, Simon Farr. Mm -hmm. So it, there should have been uh, some predictions. Uh, we, we don't always know why. Uh, we know that uh, universities were uh, a place to make annual predictions because in most places in the 15th century uh, it became uh, one of the charges of the astrology professor uh, he was asked to make a public predictions each year and that was then copied and given to copy so that would help to preserve it uh, it's a case in Italy and in Poland uh, especially mm -hmm. in in Germany it's um, it's a little more complicated because we don't have much uh, manuscripts, but we have printed, we have lots of printed uh, predictions, mm -hmm. uh, which is probably related that by, to the fact that uh, the printing techniques went there first. So, we, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but it's not always easy. It, one of my proposition would be that uh, we have collectors and mostly in the places where you, we didn't have much circulation of predictions. So that would be, uh, that would explain why uh, they would uh, collect them. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in Spain, there's uh, Hernan Colon uh, in the Sevilla library. Uh, we, we collected printed uh, predictions, but a uh, very large amount of uh, printed predictions. Mm -hmm. yeah. but that's in my profession. Well, it is strange to know that other countries don't have, because in Portugal we had this event and we tend to attribute everything to this event. It's the earthquake of 1755. And so all that's lost, people say, oh, it was, it might have it was lost in the earthquake. But probably, probably not. Because, well, yes, it was catastrophic. We had a big, big earthquake. But we cannot just use the earthquake to all everything, <laughs> to everything that is uh, lost or disappeared mm -hmm. or never existed, and that uh, the people would say it's the earthquake. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, probably not. So it, it is interesting to know that in other countries we also have a uh, few evidences, mm -hmm. and they didn't have the earthquake, so mm -hmm. they cannot blame the earthquake. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so obviously there were lots of occasions in, in the past where such documents could be lost. And uh, if while working on uh, printed predictions, so in the 1480s, uh, it would be, uh, it is probable that uh, these predictions were uh, printed at least in 3,000 uh, exemplaries, uh, because that, that would be the minimum uh, for the editor to make them. Uh, worth uh, what they and we pre we preserve one copy one exemplary maybe sometimes two or three but very more so it's, uh, uh, lots of them were destroyed and yeah. that's not that uh, that surprising because it was uh, perishable material so at the end of the year will you really preserve uh, the calendar for the last year yes. no. no exactly no, exactly or exactly. the newspaper uh, yes. mm -hmm. Just um, throw away after after or recycle after uh, a couple of days. 
Yes. And uh, did you notice um, a change in sophistication, uh, at least in the, how the material is presented from, from the, the shift from manuscript to, to print? Because uh, a lot of the diagrams uh, and, and the complexity of the presentation of the calculations, it's not always easy to do on print. Uh, yes. Did mm -hmm. you, you notice that, that kind of, uh, of change? Not that much, actually. Um, there isn't um, in the printed pro prognostications, uh, the woodcuts are arriving, but only in the 1490s. Uh, that's probably Lichtenberger's prognostications. He, he, he printed it with lots of uh, woodcuts, and it had a huge success. And then everyone wanted to have uh, woodcuts. Uh, but before that, we don't find them. We we find more often uh, diagrams in manuscripts, uh, yes. but yeah. uh, it, it might be a, a technique, uh, fact that it's more complicated to print uh, when you're not, especially at the beginning of the print, of the printing, think, yeah. might be costly for n not much, uh, yeah, perhaps also. Yeah, I, I think it was difficult um, in the beginning of print to, to print like a table or something that had many numbers and they had to borrow from other other um, office, uh, workshops because they didn't have uh, those many numbers for, for instance, a table. Uh, one of the things I noticed in the manuscript I, I have uh, studied is that it includes a segment of uh, John of Saxony's commentar commentary. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it has two example horoscopes. And in the printed version, it has only one. So it's yes. uh -huh. very interesting. It's the same example, but the, the second example is not there. So yes, they, they sometimes they try to, I don't know, save space or... Or have limited funds. I have know, limited for, funds. For, for, for printing. So yeah. something is lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, because I, I was also asking this because we see here, here in... Portuguese example, which is the one I'm most uh, familiar with, we do see a difference in very expensive almanacs, which do present one or two diagrams, and then the simplest, cheapest almanacs will only have text, sometimes not even a diagram or the chart of the year, or not. They, they would mention it, uh, read, write it, describe it, but not, not they, would, the they do not have the, di not even the diagram. Mm um that's why what i was asking so if, if you if you would see that kind of shift and apparently it happens so so the diagrams and and the woodcuts appear much later in in, in the printing process i think maybe the mm -hmm. woodcuts made it easier to to represent something uh visually so they they became very popular yes that, that's um that's also a change in the content of the the predictions uh the the ways they are in, Manuscript predictions are very scientific, uh, if we can say, in the in the sense that they are made by astrologers with lots of uh, astronomical uh, considerations and authoritative quotations. And in fact, it's difficult to think they were uh, easy to read by someone else than an astrologer. So mm -hmm. we can suppose that uh, princes at their own astrologers read the prediction and. Uh, tell them if it was accurate or not. Mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, with print, um, well, at the beginning of print, it, it's very similar. Uh, we, we, uh, 
I believe that uh, print was used uh, in the same way, ju just as a, a way to copy the, the manuscript predictions. But um, in the 1490s, um, I think that the changing, uh, the change is uh, Lichtenberger's prognostication at, uh, at Wigintianus. Uh, it was not a, well. It was a mix of astrological material and uh, and not so ser well and the prophecy, uh, diverse prophecies. Uh, it was widely popular, although astrologers didn't like it uh, much because it wasn't uh, very scientific. Uh, in their opinion, we have uh, Paul of Middelburg, who, who was uh, who was copied by Lichtenberger. Uh, he, he made a, a reclamation against him, but uh, it, it's it was sold. It was selling. So for the editors, uh, the, the publishers find that it was a good means to to finance other treatises. So that that made the predictions go uh, more public uh, to something that could be sold uh, more widely. Mm. And uh, woodcuts were a part of that, and uh, limiting. Uh, uh, Authority quotations were was also a part of that, mm -hmm. and even sometimes uh, not not being so serious about uh, astronomical uh, positions and so on. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. They were more uh, they were down downgraded. Sensationalist, yes, or uh, less uh, yeah. knowledgeable <laughs> people, uh, public, public. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so uh, returning a, a bit. Uh, to all the wonderful manuscripts that you can see every day in your life. <laughs> Is there any, uh, I know that you have no time to, to look at all of them, but are you aware of uh, some um, particularly interesting manuscript that has not yet been studied, something that uh, regarding astrology, some, some um, well, I know there are, uh, I have been in a Bibliothèque Nationale de France and I have asked to see quite a few some years ago. And they are all wonderful, I have to say. They are all beautiful. <laughs> and I could just take them home if they left me, but they didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I think they are all um, extremely interesting and uh, relevant. But uh, are there any or any group of manuscripts or a, a particular manuscript that you think it should really, um, really be um, the object of study uh, regarding astrology? I think yes. Still, lots uh, much to do uh, with uh, manuscripts from the Bibliothèque Nationale. Uh, one of the difficulties is that th this segment of, ma of the collection, uh, especially the, the manuscripts that were in the King Library, so before the French Revolution, and came directly to us, it's the, the part that wasn't. Uh, it, it was catalogued in the 18th century and. Uh, it hasn't been much updated since, mm -hmm. and obviously it's a huge work to update to update the catalog of all these manuscripts, uh, which means that there are still some things we we don't don't uh, we don't know uh, inside them. So um, David just wrote a, a catalog for astrological manuscripts in the mm -hmm. Bibliothèque Nationale, and it's it's pretty extensive and uh, it's. Uh, was also very impressive for all he could do, uh, but 
uh, it, it's a catalog and uh, beside beside that I think there's a lot to a lot of work to do a lot of study to do uh, if, if you go further in the deeper in the manuscripts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, I know of David's work and I think it's wonderful. It's a very impressive work, as you said. But still, um, I've been talking to da David from, from, I don't know, from the beginning of my PhD. And he, he himself says that uh, they need more, they need more research mm -hmm. because yes. there are hundreds, hundreds of manuscripts. So they, they do need more research. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a, a lot of work. But I think it's a very. I, I like. I like it very much. Though <laughs> I think it's a very good, uh, a good thing to do to be able to uh, study these manuscripts mm -hmm. deeply and mm -hmm. to be dedicate ourselves just to mm -hmm. to this study. Yeah. Do Do you have any current research or research projects uh, coming up? Well, uh, um, I have some some minor research projects because uh, actually. It's uh, well. It's very. I'm very lucky to to work at the Bibliothèque Nationale, but I don't have as much time as I'd like to work on the collection. Mm -hmm. Also, lots of librarianship projects, digitizing and uh, even cataloging. Uh, we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to work on. on the horoscopes as uh, diagrams, the, the astrological squares. And that, that's very new to me, but, uh, well, uh, I didn't progress much uh, until now. But I think there are uh, different types of diagrams. Uh, to, for what I have seen in annual predictions, uh, th there are several uses. In annual predictions, sometimes you have the, the astrological square, but it's empty. So it means the, the copist uh, wanted to, he, he found it was uh, important to have an astrological square, but in the end he, did, he didn't copy it. Mm -hmm. So, and on the other end, in almanacs, for instance, uh, sometimes you have the, the table of, uh, of positions, of planetary positions for the month. And in March, you have the, the, the square for the equinox. Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, completely filled and it seems that like a, a working tool. Uh, yeah, the astrologers thought, uh, well, uh, if I have the square, uh, uh, even without writing a predictions, I, I will have all the info I need uh, uh, mm -hmm. further. Um, there are also several forms. Uh, Richard Rissian, but he's not the only one, is having double horoscopes. So he's having the, the the astrological positions for the event he's working on, and he's also uh, having uh, just outside uh, the position for the CCG just before that. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. It's obviously uh, very useful for uh, astrological interpretation, but I wonder if that's something he, he invented. Um, probably not, because I saw that some other places. Uh, and if there are several types of uh, diagrams and mm -hmm. what does that mean uh, of the, the relation between the astrology, astronomical uh, calculations and the astrological interpretation? Mm -hmm. You mean if he invented the, the visual form or the idea? The, the visual form. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yes, because as you know, there was this ongoing discussion about uh, what is more effective, the the introitum or the CCG that So maybe they were just trying to uh, mix both. And yes, yes, probably because in, in most cases, uh, astrologers, uh, authors of annual predictions, uh, finally use both uh, because yes, it's, it's sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have it's, it's better case. to use everything <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to be sure yeah. yes mm -hmm. okay so th this is not uh, you said this is a minor minor project it's not a minor project it's a very complex project yes. the one that you're <laughs> to require a lot of research to see all the variants and how they appear through time which is quite interesting and um have you published your, your thesis or will you publish? Do you have any plans? I read parts of it. I read parts <laughs> of it. Not yet. Well, it's available. It is, the thesis yeah. As I uh, defended it, it's available online. Uh, I'd like to publish it at some point, but uh, I, I didn't have time yet. So yeah. I, I hope to be able to do that uh, shortly. Mm -hmm. yes. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I read parts of it, as I said, and I think it's a very important contribution mm -hmm. for, for the, the story, the history of astrology in general and astrological techniques. The, because this is what we, our main focus is the, the history of astrological techniques. So please, please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will work on it. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. So, um, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your 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 uh, research and your findings uh, here at the the podcast. Thank you for inviting. It was a pleasure me. talking to you. Yes, and um, we will say goodbye for now. Yes, and hope to have you back at some point uh, if you wanted to discuss any document that you find interesting or. Anything an that article, you would like to share an article that would be an article great. book or a passage of your uh, of your PhD thesis. Well, you're very welcome. It doesn't have to be like a formal interview. It could be a shorter podcast. Anything that you would like to discuss, please let us know. Sure, I will keep it in mind. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And to thank you for now.